Welcome to Seeking Paradise, Reflections on Spirituality, Community and Justice. A reading from Sarah Moores Campbell. There is incredible power in forgiveness, but forgiveness is not rational. One can seldom find a reason to forgive or be forgiven. Forgiveness is often undeserved. It may require a dimension of justice, penance in traditional terms, but not always. For what it holds sacred is not fairness, but self-respect and community. Forgiveness does not wipe away guilt, but invites reconciliation. And it is as important to be able to forgive as it is to be forgiven. No, we do not forgive and forget. But when we invite the power of forgiveness, we release ourselves from some of the destructive hold the past has on us. Our hatred, our anger, our need to feel wronged. These will destroy us, whether a relationship is reconciled or not. But we cannot just will ourselves to enter into forgiveness, either as givers or receivers. We can know that it is right and that we want to do it and still not be able to. We can, however, be open and receptive to the power of forgiveness, which, like any gift of the spirit, isn't of our own making. Its power is rooted in love. The Greek word for this kind of love is agape, as love seeking to create community. This kind of love is human, but it also, but is also the grace of transcendent power that lifts us out of ourselves. It transforms and heals. And even when we are separated by the space, by time or space or death, it reconciles us to ourselves and to life. For its power abides not just between us, but within us. If we invite the power of agape to heal our personal wounds and give us the gift of forgiveness, we would give our world a better chance for survival. So forgiveness, the spiritual topic we're going to be reflecting on for a couple of weeks is such a big topic. In fact, it's such a, a complicated uh, constellation of stuff that it's really worth um, getting our teeth into for, for a few weeks to think about this well. Forgiveness is in a way a label we give to a lot of different things that covers a lot of different situations. Situations that go all the way from a day-to-day -day annoyance with a spouse or a family member, all the way to the most horrific things that we can talk about, genocide, holocaust, things like that. I mean, and that's a massive scale of things to talk about, to, to reflect on, to ask what, what forgiveness means across all these situations and not be satisfied with simplistic answers.
But forgiveness means something that is connected to, to healing, to restoration, repair, to reconciliation. It's got something to do with peace, something to do with love, something to do with truth and something to do with justice. That last one is important because I think some people think that that forgiveness and justice are, are opposites, are contradictory things. Whereas I think we need to see these two things as two sides of a process. Forgiveness or at least some forms of kind of reconciliation can be part, can be part of the process of, of, of legal justice, of what we call justice in terms of things that happen in court, in, in, in legal processes. There is a particular type of justice, restorative justice, that while not in any way requiring forgiveness, seeks to have a process that works to really get deeper into how relationships are broken and what that means and how they might be repaired. So, so there are ways of thinking about this in terms of, of legal justice. Because if we don't think about justice as part of forgiveness, I think we can end up with what I'd call cheap forgiveness. And a lot of the things that make us resist forgiveness, I think are legitimate. And I think we can react against rightly forgiveness that seems cheap. I saw an article in a paper once about a church who had something stolen from them. And the journalists asked the minister of that church, do you forgive the thieves? And the minister, who I can just imagine probably wasn't even expecting that question, didn't even occur to them that the journalist would ask a question like that, said, oh, well, I don't know, until they come forward, you know, I don't think that makes sense. I don't think I can because, you know, I don't know who those people are. They haven't come forward. They haven't been arrested. I don't think forgiveness makes sense in that situation. But then, of course, the headline becomes in the local paper, Minister says he cannot forgive thieves. Journalists always ask that question. If a crime happens uh, to a church or to someone that they know to be a Christian, or even in the most horrific situations we can think of, if a child has been murdered, the question, do you forgive them? And I think it's kind of disgusting to ask that question to someone who is in trauma, to someone who this has just happened to, to someone in the, in the absolute rawness of a pain like that, that, that frankly, lazy journalists jump to that question, do you forgive them? It's not appropriate. It's not a useful conversation, certainly at that stage. And frankly, I think it's a kind of it's a kind of re-traumatizing of someone to add guilt onto what is already a place of trauma. And I think it's a form of spiritual abuse, actually, to put pressure on someone to forgive when they are still in the midst 
of pain when they're still in the midst of trauma, with the implication of, of guilt if you think, no, I can't forgive. You know, who am I to judge someone saying that in an absolute situation of horrific trauma? Who am I to judge? Who am I to add any pressure, to add any guilt on someone in a place like that? That's cheap forgiveness. It's forgiveness without justice. Forgiveness is, is about love. And it's love applied to our brokenness. It's what happens when love becomes not just something sweet and easy when we go, okay, how do we apply love to this real situation of brokenness, to this really difficult situation? What does love require of us when it gets really challenging? And the thing is about love is it, it is always about love of God, love of neighbor, love of nature, and love of self. And the kind of forgiveness that sacrifices love of self is cheap forgiveness, is forgiveness without justice. So in, a, in an abusive relationship, if someone abuses you and then asks for forgiveness and then does it again and again, violence, remorse, forgiveness, again and again, you know, some people think, and, and, and a, you know, the bad way of looking at the spiritual teaching on forgiveness, some people think, oh, I should just keep forgiving. That's that's the right thing to do. That's the spiritual thing to do. Or that's the Christian thing to do, to keep on forgiving in a situation like that. And it isn't. Because remaining in a situation of abuse is not is not is not self-respecting, is not self-loving. And if forgiving others means a passive acceptance of abuse, then that is not a healthy form of forgiveness. That is cheap forgiveness. Much, much too cheap forgiveness. And I don't want to underestimate how complicated a situation like that is, how, how the complexities of, 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 of abuse, right? But what I'm saying is that as people who, who, are, who, are, who are spiritual people, people who are, who are seeking to live a life of love, to, to understand forgiveness, to, to practice forgiveness. We shouldn't be adding to that, adding to, to, we shouldn't talk about forgiveness in such a way that it is cheap forgiveness and that it might make someone think that, that staying in an abusive situation is the right thing to do. That's the danger, right? speaking of, of, of forgiveness that's the danger I think it's wrong to pressurize someone to forgive especially prematurely forgiveness in a sense is a process and it may be that forgiveness is only possible in some situations from a distance it may be that some people can say you know what I do forgive you but actually, I'm never going to be in the same room with you again in my life. That may be in certain situations the, the way to be safe. The only way to be safe is to say I am in a place of, 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 of healing, of forgiveness of this person. But it's not safe for me ever to be in the presence of that person, ever to see that person ever again in my life. You know, that might be appropriate in some situations. 
you know, forgiveness is part of that, that process of, of healing, of repairing as best as possible in the complexity, the messiness of human life and all the different situations of life. Forgiveness is a process. Justice is a process. These are processes of healing, of putting things right. And in situations, for example, of restorative justice, where victim and perpetrator sit down together and have a conversation. Forgiveness shouldn't be premature in that. Forgiveness doesn't happen, isn't really on the table until the victim has expressed the hurt they've experienced, the pain they've experienced. If forgiveness before that point would be cheap, and, and wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't we really be doing the work of repairing what's gone wrong because it's, it's, forgiveness can be a, an attempt to jump over the situation of, oh, I, let's not, I don't want to think too much about the pain, about the trauma, about, um, about what's gone wrong. That's, that's cheap forgiveness if we're not saying, actually, let's examine exactly what has happened here and what it means. And in restorative justice, the victim sits down and says to the perpetra perpetrator, do you realize the damage you have done? Do you realize the pain you've caused me? Let me tell you exactly how this crime has affected me, how it's affected those around me, how it's affected my life, how it's affected the way I look at the world, the pain, the fear that I have. And the perpetrator has to sit and look the victim right in the eye where they say exactly the effects of that crime, exactly what has happened, exactly what that has meant for that person. And it would be cheap forgiveness to want to jump over that process. And maybe when that has been heard and that's been understood and that's been taken on, then healing is possible. Forgiveness is possible. That work of real restorative justice can begin. But it's not a jumping over the different parts of this process. It's not a jumping to the happy end. It's a staying in, okay, what's, what, what does this mean? It's not just a matter of saying the right words. It's a matter of doing that work of telling the whole truth and repairing relationships. As I say, when we talk about forgiveness, we might be talking about a lot of different things. One is, is repairing broken relationships. Another is our work, of, of, which is more internal of healing, which we might need to do whether or not external relationships can be repaired or not. I want to reflect a bit more on that next week. But none of these things are easy and none of them should be a way to skip over justice. To repair our relationships, we need to tell the truth, to recognise that pain, to repent of harm and repay as best we can what has been taken. So we can't talk about forgiveness and reconciliation between races until white people know the full truth of the violence done to black people and people of colour in the world, until white people really hear and understand the pain of black people and people of colour. And there's 
recognition and there's repentance and there's reparation. You don't get to skip forward to the warm and fuzzy stuff. Forgiveness is not the easy, cheap way of skipping forward to the end. Forgiveness is doing the process of the hard work, the real work of healing, of reconciliation, forgiveness and justice all as part of a process. We need both. We need justice and forgiveness as two sides of that process of repairing the world. For remaining silent when a single voice would have made a difference we forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. For each time that our fears have made us rigid and inaccessible, we forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. For each time that we have struck out in anger without just cause, we forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. For each time that our greed has blinded us to the needs of others, we forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. For the selfishness which sets us apart and alone, we forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. For falling short of the admonitions of the spirit, we forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. For losing sight of our unity. We forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love. For those and for so many acts, both evident and subtle, which have fueled the illusion of separateness. We forgive ourselves and each other. We begin again in love.